and welcome to Therapy Unwound and I am your host Jenny Walker and if you have been following us on Instagram lately you will know that we are deep diving into the world of therapeutics in small steps. It's been a joy to see you all interact with us on the social platforms and I cannot tell you how my heart just sang when I got a message from a client the other day with a photograph of her copy of our bookery book of the month Breath by James Nestor. It really made my day. I've also been opening emails, reading about how you've been enjoying the new blogs on the Cornerstone Therapies website. And people have just started coming into the studio saying how the podcast and the newsletters and the blogs have started changing their daily lives. Well, what can we say? It's a complete privilege to open up the world of therapeutics with you all and mini dose along with you. I am currently recording this on a very blustery spring day and I have to say we've had every kind of weather. It was sleeting, it's been thundering, it's been raining but wherever you are in the world today I hope you are well and that this is a good day for you. Being surrounded with fresh coffee, chilled vibes coming from speakers and my feet firmly planted on the floor thanks to our standing desk, I think it's a very good time to start the episode of Therapy Unwound as we look into four ways of how to take time and reflect, critically think and self-evaluate through chronic pain. through our wellness journey and we looked at some great ways to engage with evidence-based practice on a daily basis. Whether you are on your own health path or walking alongside somebody who is and we looked at that without getting bogged down in confusion, rules and regulation. Today I want to share some thoughts that I have been processing as I start the home run edit of my MSc dissertation for physical rehabilitation and shine a light on mini dosing for those who are in chronic pain as well as for those who are helping them along through it. During our team meetings here at Therapy Unwound, we are constantly aware that we want to create a podcast that supports the armory for those who are supporting people who are going through chronic pain and illness and pathology, as well as those who are going through it. And I do hope that we are starting to see a balance with all of this. If you are a cheerleader for those who are in their journey, we have some tips and tricks for you today as well. So you are not left out, you're not forgotten, and you're definitely not unheard. We've got you too. So the first thing we're going to look at today is taking time to reflect. Back in the day when I was trying to figure out what to do with my life, I went to Westminster Uni for a couple of semesters to see if a BSc in complementary healthcare was going to work for me. There were two things that I learned during this time. The first being that I'd rather bunk class than go to the British Museum to hang out with a load of Greek statues than go to lectures in herbalism, as well as the habit of self-reflection when the Gibbs cycle was shoved under my nose. The Gibbs cycle, which came in at around 1988, is okay, but for the past few years I have actually been more drawn to integrative reflective practice, which I came across thanks to the work of Katrina Banningen and Alice Moore's. In their paper, they advocate the need for reflection based on evidence-based practice, as these two together allow you to critically think. Both models, 
the latter is, after all, based on the former, asks for us to take a breath, sit down and reflect where we are at this time based on the decisions and experiences we have made and been through. This grounding in my work at the studio is a weekly practice on a Monday evening when I take stock of what happened during the past week and get ready for the week ahead. I have to sit there and admit where I screwed up, where I missed a beat and where I need to learn. But I also take a breath and say, well done, babe, you did something flipping amazing last week. How does this help with chronic pain? It helps as a practice in narrative analysis, and no, that's not an oxymoron. In qualitative research, we see narrative analysis as a way of finding themes within a lived experience. For example, let's take headaches. No one comes to see me at Cornerstone Therapies to deliver an anatomically accurate lecture on the pain that they are experiencing in their heads. Instead, I normally hear a scrambled timeline consisting of cafuddled analogies, dreams, feelings and thoughts. It's like the side of my brain has this constant waterfall of ice going down into my ear. I have gaffer tape ripping so badly when I look down at my phone that I feel my skull is about to drop off. I have this hand and it comes up the back of my head, lodges in the side of my face and then grips me and then it won't let me go. These are three experiences I heard just last week to describe headaches brought about by grumpy trapezius muscles. Three clients all experiencing pain in the same place in three very different ways. This, my friend, is narrative analysis. The reflective practice can help you at home by encouraging note-taking. Be your own detective and researcher. Don that deer stalker and become your inner Sherlock Holmes. Become an expert at finding out the themes of your own pain patterns. How do they make you feel, think, move, sleep? How do they make you interact with people? Over time, through careful note-taking, you'll be able to look back on these pages and find the ebbs and the flows that allow you to see a reflection that you can start to decipher. You'll also see the patterns where times are better than others, and it can clear away a lot of the pain fog that people are going through. You know that moment when everything is just awful? It's like the juicy bottom end of a bad trash can that hasn't been taken out on time, and nothing can ever be right again. Well, reflective practice allows you to look back and see that actually last Tuesday was okay. You just had a mild headache in the morning and it was gone by lunchtime and you had a great chat with a mate. As a cheerleader, these reflective times can be a godsend. You can put it all down on paper, see where you have been, where you are now and look towards a constructive future. The feeling of being stuck in the moment is lessened and you can also start to see the themes of your own journey and how you can help support yourself, not just others. Do you need to reach out and ask for help and support at times? It's not just a one-show rodeo, folks. Feelings can run rampant when you are in an acute stage of support, but looking back you can see what happened, how you felt and what you changed and when things are a little calmer. Reflection time is an important part of your own mental health care and may allow the clouds to clear when all around you seems like Groundhog Day and the conversations in the house are just looping on repeat on the only subject that is in front of the person who is going through the pain. 
It can feel like a heavy burden and you need a safe space to put it all down and park it for just enough time so that you can go back and evaluate it later. Many academics advocate writing these experiences down in a thought journal. Personally, I don't engage with that. I write a huge amount at work and for me, writing for freedom's sake is actually quite stressful. So personally, I would encourage you to find a medium that works for you. My personal preference is actually an A3 spiral bound sketchbook. I fill it with postcards, paintings, fabric swatches, yes, some words, printed photos, notes from clients and cards they have sent, poems, knitting yarn, you name it, it goes in there, as they are all things that I can creatively think through and learn from. You'll also find points where you engage with them a lot and others where you don't look at them for a while, but I strongly encourage you to interact with them regularly. My time is once a week, but other therapists I know do it on a daily basis after work. Many of my clients do it each morning before the day kicks off, whilst others find alternate evenings a better time for them. And this all leads time for critical thinking. Once you have the reflective masterpiece in front of you, you actually need to use it. It's no good just sitting in the corner looking like a college art project or your GCSE English homework. Your reflective journals are tools, they're not passive niceties. Open them up and get good at reading and looking back at them so you can start to see your own themes. For example, the one that came to mind this morning whilst I was writing this were shoulder pain treatments. There were a couple of months where I was obviously helping clients with rotator cuff issues, but I hadn't been able to perform as well as I would have liked. Clients were getting better, but we were still hitting roadblocks. Picking up my journal showed me that I had been stuck in the same rut last February, just before the pandemic, and I had become unstuck when I started releasing the latissimus dorsi with my clients lying on their sides to help mobilise their shoulder blades before I even got to work on their main issues. Will I forget this again? Maybe, but the journals and the reflective work showed me that actually sideline work is powerful and needs to be remembered and incorporated in as many treatments as possible. I learned from my experiences, I could see themes and I could implement them into the treatment space. Pain is often sparked by triggers. Migraines can get triggered by coffee or chocolates just as much as laptops or phones. Arthritis is not happy with aubergines or the cold. So maybe you find a theme that eating masaka on a chilly night in November maybe isn't the best thing. Plantar fasciitis may not be happy with welly boots and mud, but walking around town in a pair of cons may work for you. Once you find your themes, you can start to plan around them. See where you need to be proactive to make your life easier and take the responsibility of doing it. This leads quite naturally into time to self-evaluate. Self-evaluation is a doozy, as honesty is the only way to go through it, and being honest with yourself can lead to a time of not feeling that brilliant. This is where professional talking therapies may be of benefit for you, especially if you find your reflective themes to be based around long-held issues that are either unclear or based on a past that needs working through. If you are in pain, many body workers like myself will ask the question in your consultations, where is that pain coming from? Sometimes it really is as simple as a sprained ankle after a night out with the girls. 
But at other times, the body is screaming from pain that has been experienced either mentally, physically, or spiritually from the past. And I'll link Gabelle Mete's book down below, When the Body Says No, which is a great read on this. At times, talking things out with close friends that isn't your partner or your family over a drink can help things a lot. But at other times, you may need to dial in and get some professional help. Time spent working through your pain can lead to massive revelations. And although your pathology may not go away and be with you for life, self-reflection, critical thinking and self-evaluation can offer you a fantastic action plan to ways that you can start to help yourself manage the situations you are in in a healthy manner, both for you as well as the tidal wave of people behind you, but also mainly your friends and family who are rooting for you. Physical rehab isn't about getting back to the time you were. Physical rehab isn't about going back to a time before you were sick or injured. It's about allowing safe passage to the rest of your fulfilled life. For all of you encouragers, supporters and carers out there, this time of self-evaluation is for you as well. The saddest moment for me in the treatment studio at Cornerstone Therapies is seeing the burden of care that has been badly managed souls ache just as much as bodies, if not more so, and broken heartstrings are a real medical condition. Check it out on Google Scholar, or I have sneakily put a link below. There's a reason we get through boxes of Kleenex during our sessions here at Cornerstone Therapies. Tears flow regularly. Self-evaluation can bring up the knowledge that you are angry. I didn't choose this life! is often shouted in the studio, which is married along the living grief as you see a loved one start the long haul to passing. It's at this moment that confusion as a carer can kick in. But if you don't make time to evaluate where you have been, where you are now, and how you can make life easier by allowing others to come in and help take the weight, your body and mind are going to start throwing up pain patterns, which causes its own cycles of issue. And this leads us to the fourth and final stage. It's time to take care of you. Self-care on the old interwebs bugs the heck out of me. Bubble baths are great. I love them and advocate for them, but they only help in the moment. Self-care can take on many different forms and it is about taking the bull by the horns and doing basic stuff like financial spreadsheets, budgets and saving plans getting on top of the laundry and the housework, which can bless your daily life and take the vigil, clutter and chaos out of your existence. Check out the fly lady for help on this one. Self-care is taking a regular weekly time off caring and maybe going to the gym and having a workout followed by a sauna or a massage. And that can really help your body and mind stay strong and offer movement-based meditation. Always say yes to that offer of a coffee and cake. Making time to go outside and see the sun can ease and refresh the senses. Believe me, over lockdown, all I had was a bare patch of concrete, but the flower boxes that are there now make the bins look like a work of art and I get my hands in compost. Bird watching, reading, walking when you can, all of this can be done in mini doses, just like your reflection time. And when it adds up, you'll be amazed at where you have come through. 
We will be chatting to Steve Shawnee in a few weeks here on the podcast, and we will be taking time to talk around the very practical aspects of how you can engage with proactive self-care and help mental health. But until then, start the reflection process. So by the time that episode drops, you'll be ready to get started. And as we close today, remember that Rome was not built in a day and neither will a new lifestyle that supports chronic pain and support work. However, it's not without hope as you get to lay down your own foundations and call the shots on where the bricks are placed. Find out what works for you. This is personal, so make it personal to you. You'll find your own tips and tricks and we cannot wait to hear from you as you share them with our community and help us all grow. You are amazing and I want to thank you for taking the time out each week to learn how to mini-dose your way through this crazy thing called life. We are learning right along with you and it's a delight to be doing so. Next week we have Sophie here in the booth with us for our bookery book of the month, James Nestor's Breath. It's going to be a really fun chat about all things pulmonary and we'll be talking about mouth taping, nosal gunk and how evolution can actually go backwards. So join us for a fun-packed half hour next Friday at 7am. But until then, keep well, stay safe and have a blessed week. Many thanks. Take care.